Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ben Roethlisberger finally said it. We already knew it. And he's handled this absolutely brilliantly to date. All of it. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates, the other two teams I cover, right where you found this. And yes, he did finally acknowledge what's been obvious to a lot of us for weeks now with the very first question that was asked of his Thursday morning session yesterday on the South side. Um, right out the gate. Uh, you know what? I don't ever um, speak in definites or guarantees. That's just not what I've ever done or, or who I am. Um, but, you know, looking at the bigger picture, I would say that all signs are pointing to this. This could be it. Um, regular season that is we I know we still have a, a chance to potentially get a playoff game there if things fall our way and we take care of business and things have to happen but uh, in the grand scheme of things uh, in terms of regular seasons um, signs are pointing that way this could be it that's it so now everybody knows everybody knows uh, and even though he told me three weeks ago that he wasn't going to say anything, formally or publicly until the season was over he instead took this route and i am here to tell you it's not an accident it's not the one thing that you can take to the bank about benjamin todd roethlisberger is that his focus is on winning the game that sunday i'm not laying it on thick i'm not getting schmaltzy here i don't need a violin as accompaniment This is who this player has always been. I have seen him, been around him, when he's thrown for 500 yards and lost. And trust me, it's not an act that he's upset. I've also been around him when he's thrown for a buck 50 and won and has been giddy. Around him this season in Cleveland when he beat the Browns up there again came in as happy as I think I'd ever seen him. Beaming. Telling all of us in that room how he'd just gotten done advising his young offensive lineman to soak in that feeling of what it's like winning in a road AFC North stadium and to never let it go, to cherish every one of them. He wasn't talking about them. He was talking about him. I mean, he was sharing the feeling. I don't doubt that it was genuine, but he was talking about him. He's always been about winning the game that week. 
whether that's something that's inherent in his own DNA, whether that's something that he got from Mike Tomlin, who is like that incessantly, no matter what you think of Tomlin as a head coach, short-term or long-term, however far back you want to go, you can't reasonably deny that he is focused on that week's game and nothing else. That's the mindset here. That's the mindset, I believe, that led Ben to walk up to that microphone yesterday outside the Steelers' practice facility and say those words that you heard because he's looking to win that game. Meaning, of course, Monday night against the Browns. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. What's the best way to win a game like this? Well, of course, you got to perform well, got to execute, got to scheme, all that other stuff that, by the way, the Steelers haven't been all that great at, in particular on offense. But it's also to want it more. It's also about being more dogged, more diligent, knocking the other guys on their rear ends. Something this team, in particular, this offense and this offensive line haven't done at all, except on a couple of occasions over the course of this strange season where they've been embarrassed, they've been challenged, and they've gone out and at least blocked with a purpose. Green Bay is the game that sticks out for me, believe it or not. I know what happened up there, but I also know what I saw from that line. There was a real push. That's what's needed here. Something extra is needed. The Browns, right or wrong, see themselves as coming into Pittsburgh battling for a playoff spot. Mathematically, of course, that's justified. And they're going to wire themselves a certain way to do that. If the Steelers have anything I was about to say lower their level. You can't even match it. You have to exceed it. That's the approach that you have to take. And by Ben coming out and saying what he did when he did, he allows his teammates to immediately talk about his last home game publicly. He allows them to verbalize that to the media instead of just to each other. He allows them, and some of these guys did that yesterday in talking openly about you know what Ben Roethlisberger's meant to them. This was Ray Ray McLeod, who was uh, outstanding, by the way, on this subject. Uh, like I just said, the mentality. Like, uh, even when Ben, I remember one game, he was on the sideline, and uh, it looked like he had like four hip pads on. And at the game before that, I think he had a uh, uh, bruise going from like his uh, knee all the way up to like almost his rib from his hip. 
And I remember he didn't practice all week. He couldn't tie a shoe or something. And he went into the game and took every hit that came his way, uh, never complained. And he came to the sideline, next series, next series. And just that mentality of like, do whatever it takes. And I think that makes him who he is. That's what they've seen. That's what they've experienced on the inside. They've seen and experienced him being banged up and him being in positions where he could have not only complained, but also, you know, stood on the sideline and collected a paycheck. He'd have gotten paid either way, and he could have justified it. Look, I'm getting killed behind this garbage offensive line. I'm going to stand right here and wish Mason Rudolph well. He didn't do that. He's still not doing it. He's about the send-off. And if that can be achieved Monday night against the Browns, you're going to see something truly special in the reaction that he shows after the game because he will have gotten not only his moment or collection of moments from the game, but he'll also have gotten a W, which was the real reason he did all of this now. When we come back, just one question. Time for just one question, and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents who need help with workers' comp or medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG pride themselves in doing what they say they're going to do. It's important to them that when they make you a promise, that they keep that promise. And this law firm has been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them at lgkg.com. And today's J1Q comes from Ethan Brown, who asks, Are any members of today's offensive line capable of contributing to a competent unit in the future? Could we fashion an actually competent, or dare I say successful, offensive line with two or three shiny free agents slash draft picks, or do we need five new guys. Ethan, what the Steelers would want, you would hope, is to build a rock-solid offensive line left to right in a similar pattern to the way the last one was built. But to do that, you do have to invest in the draft. You do have to Look at your most expensive capital in the draft, that, of course, being your first and second round picks, and say this is this is where we want to go. This is where we need to go. One of the discussion points that was had a lot when I was down in Kansas City over the past weekend, and by that I'm talking about, you know, press box, stadium stuff, was the Chiefs drafting of Creed Humphrey, their exceptional center a guy that the Steelers could have had 
instead of Pat Fryermuth. Now, this isn't a knock on Fryermuth. Fryermuth looks like he's going to be a terrific tight end for a long time. That's nice. Which one did they need more this season? You know, the Steelers had hung a first-round grade on Fryermuth. They didn't have one on Humphrey. If all 32 teams had that NFL draft to do over again, they would have hung a high, early first-round grade on Humphrey, who has a realistic chance to be Offensive Rookie of the Year. The AFC, he comes up. Imagine that, a center. But he's been that good for Kansas City. And if you don't believe me, go ask Cam Hayward. Because I haven't seen anybody push 97 around the way that kid did. That's what you need. The problem that the Steelers have is that all these years later, all this time later, they're still, still looking to replace Ryan Shazier. And while giving Devin Bush the benefit of the doubt or some benefit of the doubt over his knee issue and the year that it takes to recover and become fully yourself again, I I give him 100% uh, latitude on that. I just haven't liked some of his body language. Uh, aside from that, some of his effort. But you need the best version of Bush back. You need to know that's coming. And there's no way that you can know that. There's no way you can feel good about Devin Bush going into 2022. Well, he's still going to be there. He's still going to be your inside linebacker. But do you feel that strongly about him that you can say there's no way we'd go for inside linebacker if you're the Steelers? Especially when you're going to let Joe Schobert walk and his $8.3 million that he's due. You see where I'm going here? It's not as academic as saying, well, that's it. Let's build with the offensive line. You don't know that. You can't know that. Have I mentioned the quarterback position? Yeah, there's that too. <laughs> but, you know, quarterback is, oh, you know what? We're going to have, Ethan, so much time once this season ends to get into drafts and needs and how you're going to address this or that. But the fact of the matter is, if the Steelers bring in a free agent quarterback, part of what that quarterback is going to want and expect is an offensive line that's a hell of a lot better than this one. So if you get the quarterback from the outside, as I fully expect that they will, and you invest a first-round, second-round pick, or whatever it is, in the line, and you better hit on both of them, then you might be on your way. Because to go back to answering your actual question, how many members of today's line are capable of contributing to a competent unit in the future, I have faith in Chooks Okorafor. I don't think he's been great this season, but I think he's been good, and I think he should stay at right tackle. I have guarded faith in Dan Moore. I think this year is going to end up being a bigger plus for him than it will be a minus. He is a natural tackle. He did 
have, and will continue to have, he's not done, a full NFL season starting at the position. A lot of hard lessons are learned along the way. And the worst of Dan Moore appears to be behind us. And that's not exactly high praise, but that's what I've got. And the same thing goes for Kevin Dotson. You know, all kinds of questions and issues about him coming into this season. He goes out and doesn't look good at all. And then he gets hurt. Now he's coming back, I think. We'll see. For the game against the Browns, he's got to show that he was missed. He's got to show the difference between having him out there and having the various John Leglues and Joe Haggs who'd been taking his place. He's got to make that felt. And I don't know that that's there. We'll find out. I got nothing for you on the center. Uh, if you're waiting on that, if you like I'm going to drop some kind of bomb and say, oh, Kendrick Green just needs one. I got nothing for you on the center. I have no reason whatsoever to believe in him. If there is potential for him at guard, I still wouldn't put him in a spot where he's anointed anything. I just wouldn't. Yeah, if it looks like he can, you know, slide to right guard and take Trey Turner's place or whatever, it can't come without competition, you know. My answer to your question, Ethan, is draft, draft, draft. But that doesn't happen quickly either. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We will have another one Monday morning on game day. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.